Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Coming up on In Flight Snack, we have a loaded, loaded episode for you. First, but the first thing we did was we had a conversation about the trade deadline, about Zach Wilson. Again, we're still talking about Zach Wilson, this team's accountability. Then we had an awesome conversation with Quincy Inunua, former Jets wide receiver, Bilal's former uh, teammate. We had a really fun conversation with him. And then I talked to Dr. David Chow about Aaron Rodgers' rehab, what he's been up to. We talked to him right after the Rodgers injury. Rodgers has come a long way since then. We also talked a little bit about the Jets' offensive line. Uh, and some fantasy football updates for some guys who might be hurt in your league. So if you want to hear about that, that's also in this episode. Loaded episode. We did not preview the Jets game because the Jets game is going to be on Monday night. So we'll have another episode previewing the Jets game on Monday night. But all that, Quincy Anunwa, Bilal and I, Dr. Chow, a ton coming up and more next on In-Flight Snacks. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to bet online today and remember to use the promo code believe that's B L E A V for 50% a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code believe B L E A V bet online where the game starts. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! Inside the left upright for Zerline, and the Jets win it in overtime, and honestly, I'm not sure how! It's a toss for Powell, he's got the angle, he's got blockers, Powell working the sidelines! goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Wins here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Rami Lavi. That is Bilal Powell. And I want to start here, Bilal, because Zach Wilson, that's been the big conversation. Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. But I, I want to talk about something bigger picture that's kind of outside of Zach Wilson because we talk so much about him. We talk about at, in the press conference this week, he's been saying, I got sacked, as opposed to saying he took a sack that he should have never taken. He's talking about how much his defense and how much he relies on them. And I want to ask you how much that takes a toll on the defense, like knowing we have to be perfect for Zach Wilson. But is there a problem here with the coaching? Is there a lack of accountability? Because to me, we are we have been babying this kid 
now for three years where we're trying so hard to make sure we don't do anything that might upset him. We don't do anything that might cause his mental state to be a little bit disturbed or whatever, any of those things. And we can't, we never see Sala yelling at him at the sideline. We see Sala talking him up in the press conference, but maybe there's a discipline problem here because you know, when Zach Wilson had his best game right after Joe Namath, the legend of the franchise came out and said, this is the worst quarterback ever I've ever seen. Then he had his best game. So why are we taking this approach of protect Zach, protect Zach, protect Zach at all costs, his mental state? Oh, it's so fragile. When his best game was after he had the most criticism ever. And oh, by the way, after that game, he took accountability for the loss, even though that was the best game of his career. Honestly, like I told you, I think it's above Robert Salah's head. Honestly, I do think it is. I think if it was really up to him, I think Zag will be benched right now. I do. I do think it. But Zach talking about he got sacked. No, he took a sack. Right? I think you got to understand situational football. You got to have an IQ for the game. And we haven't seen it from Zach. Has he shown glimpses of being a good quarterback? Absolutely. He's a professional. You're going to see glimpses. But making him good, making him great is going to be consistent. And we haven't seen any consistency from this guy yet. As far as the comments of depending on his team, that's a cover-up. He has to take responsibility. He has to look in the camera and he has to tell everybody around him that I have to play better. I have yeah, to play he, better. He has to take full responsibility for it. He has to. You can't, you can't use, oh, my defense is going to have my back and the special team is going to have my back. Go play football. Let it go. Go, go be a champion. Go, go, go compete. For your for your teammates, stop being afraid to make a mistake. You not being able, not not wanting to make a mistake is just as worse as making one. Go take the chance. Go take the risk. Right now, you, you're looking at a team that everybody thought was just going to go down the drain after Aaron Rodgers went down. You're sitting at what four and three right now yep. with two beatable opponents left before you get back into divisional play. Go let it lose, Zach. Go yeah. let it loose and, and, and take full responsibility as a professional. You mentioned Salah, though, that maybe it's not on him. But here's let me just lay this out for you. I want to talk about the offensive line for a second because they might be getting Dwayne Brown back. But we saw Dwayne Brown is probably going to play left tackle, Robert said, when he comes back. And, you know, Becton said, Makai said, hey, I'm willing to play wherever I need to play for wherever to help the team win, which is great. I love that he said that. But remember, two months ago, he tweeted out, I'm a left tackle, all caps. And we had tweets from Brees, and we had tweets from Sauce, and we had an offsides by Jermaine Johnson, and we had an offsides, or sorry, a late penalty by Jermaine Johnson, a late penalty by Quincy Williams. We had an offside um, by, I forget who it was at the end of the game, who, who jumped, one of the veterans on the team, actually, uh, Michael Clemens, who jumped. Is this team, it's not just Zach. This team isn't disciplined. They're not. And you're seeing it. And you're seeing it um, at every position. You, you, you're seeing the missed tackles late in the game. You're seeing the costly penalties, the pre-snap penalties. A coach always says some, some penalties you cannot control. And there are absolutely 100% penalties that you can control, and that's pre-snap. That's jumping off sides, and that's false starting. Those are penalties that we cannot have. A coach always told me, if you do that, you don't even give yourself a chance. 
to get going. And it seems like Makai Beckton is the one jumping. He has the most false starts this year. And you wonder, you, 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 you see the, the tech, the, the, the messages coming out on social media, these young guys who I know someone kind of probably put them to the side and said, hey, we can't do that. I'm just tired of seeing an undisciplined team that, quite frankly, it surprises me that we're four and three with how undisciplined we are as a team. Not only are we playing horrible on offense, there are some things that are just uncalled for as a professional and that is just the undisciplined. You know, you look at uh, Quincy Williams, the the personal foul, throwing the punch. We always say the referee catches the second dude. Yep. And then you see Jermaine Johnson head first. Fundamental things from Quinny, uh, Quincy, head down, knowing the, the targeting is just such an uh, emphasized uh, thing in the NFL now. You don't tackle with your eyes down anyway. So why are your eyes down? If his eyes are up, I don't think they call that play. But the fact that his eyes was down, he hit him with a crown on the head. That is just undisciplined football to me. And like Brent Boy used to always tell us on special teams, he used to show us the small things. And he used to say the exact, these exact words, you know what I mean? He used to say, it's not going to catch up until it catches up. Yep. And 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 I hope the undisciplined, I hope it doesn't catch up in the time that we don't need it to catch up. Yeah, I hope so too, because this team, it's funny because outside of the, some of the things you mentioned, they're playing really well. By the way, just a quick aside, a random rant about this. The NFL is really careful with those penalties because they need to be really careful. Have you been enjoying watching Tommy DeVito play? Have you been enjoying watching some of these backup quarterbacks? Me neither. So the, they're going to continue to protect the quarterbacks because when the backups come in, the product stinks. So I, I, I'm with the NFL on protecting the quarterbacks. But you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned being overly reliant on the defense, overly reliant on the special teams. To this point, they can be. You know why? Because Quincy Williams was defensive player of the month in the NFL for the first or for the last month of the season. Uh, Thomas Morstead was the was the special teams player of the week this week in the in the AFC. So there's important things we're seeing some great things from this team even while there's some struggles. Yeah, yeah, and you like to see that as a team, but as an organization, you still want to see your offense get going. It's frustrating. Yeah, so you, you, it's frustrating. You can you can look in Robert's eyes during the game. And it's one of those things is like, come on, offense. He's come become on a meme thing. with the different it's, faces that he's making. Exactly. He's just making these faces of, can we get something going? Every time I look over, he's looking like it's a disappointment. Like the ball's just not rolling in our favor. That's what I'm getting from him. Like he's he's like, come on. And, and at, as, at, at what point as a coach do you look at the other coach, the coordinator, and say, hey, man, like what's really going on? I mean, I don't, I'm not in the building. Like, is he going into the offensive meetings? Is he understanding what's going on in the game plans? Because some head coaches do that. They sit in on offensive meetings, defensive meetings, and special team meetings, and they kind of get an idea of what we're doing. And yep. at what point in time, as a head man or a defensive guy, can you sit into an offensive meeting and say, hey, I don't think this might work. I, that, that won't work against us. I don't think it'll work against them. At what point in time does 
the game plan need to change. I mean, we saw very small, like, glistle from, like, Kansas City game, dude. And I'm like, yeah. oh, if the Bear could just get over and just, now we're downhill from here. And then we take five steps backwards. And, yep. and it's the most unexciting offense to watch in all of football. I mean, you could take the worst team right now, record-wise, and I guarantee you their offense is probably more exciting to watch than a team that is sitting four and three right now. It's, it's you're not wrong. You see guys, even like a guy coming in, like the guy Tyson Badgett, who's playing for, for the bears. It's like, he, at least he's taking shots. He's throwing it downfield. Like he's doing something. He's trying to do something out there, whatever it is. So it's, it's just interesting to see. And, you know, we talked with Quincy and about it and he said some, you know, you guys kind of were positive about it. So we're coming a little bit back. They tried to help the offense out. We had the trade deadline this week, so we're not getting a new quarterback. We know that. Although if, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo could get cut. Do they go for Jimmy G? I don't think they will. Whatever. Not the point. The point is, uh, they tried for De- Devontae Adams. Are you surprised about that? It sounds like they made a major push for Devontae Adams. They didn't get him, but maybe they'll make it in the offseason. Was that like shocking to you that they made a major push for him? Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't shock me. Aaron Rodgers is the man. You know what I mean? I, He's I over there. He's let's be honest. He's the man, and I'm sure he has say so. Like I talked to you. Early in our episodes, like you have quarterbacks that have say so. Let's be honest. And I think Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. Like, but I'm like, Devontae Adams probably doesn't want to come here right now because of Zach Wilson. Let's be honest. I, I can say that. Like that offense isn't playing well enough for Devontae Adams to come to even want to step foot over here. Maybe that's a conversation that they may visit in the offseason. Uh, doing something, but as of right now, I don't see anyone wanting to come play in New York, and it's unfortunate because they're sitting in a beautiful spot at four and three, and pretty much at the top of the of the of the uh, group in the AFC. Like, it's they're it's, right there. They're crazy, the first man. team out of a playoff spot. Like they're. <laughs> And and did you even think that that was going to happen? Like, be honest. No, not everybody. Not even, yeah, everybody. It, Everybody thought it was over. You yeah, well, I mean? don't look now because Cincinnati's really good and Cincinnati's still right behind the Jets. So we'll, and, yep. and they've, I think Cincinnati's fully back. So they we'll see what happens. With, yeah, they started <laughs> off slow. And another team started off slow and is not so great as the Chargers. The Jets, they need a win on, they need to win a big conference win. Uh, you talk about divisional play, but this is a big conference game on Monday win. night. We'll talk about the Monday night game on Monday. They did sign Roger S- Saffold, who's an offensive lineman. Um, they signed him to a free agent deal, which is interesting. He was a pro bowler last year. And then this year he doesn't, he's not even on a team. Like what, how does that happen? He's only like 34, 35. He wasn't retired. I mean, 34, 35 is old. I'm going to be honest. I, guess. I mean, the way this game has, has gone, um, it's getting younger and younger, but not only from a player standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, um, I'm thinking, you know, these younger coaches, they're not going to want to put up with too many veterans because, you don't have that control. You go, you get what I'm saying? Like if, if you have a veteran, like back in the day when you had a team full of veterans, how is you as a young coach can come in and control that? Um, so you're starting to see a lot of teams go to these younger coaches. Uh, they're just starting to go get a lot of the, that generation of quarterbacks that went through and now the quarterbacks are younger. The receivers are younger. Your veteran group is younger. You're looking at guys that are, you know, considered the team veteran at year six when I was in it was guys 13 14 15 years 
that was that were considered the the team veterans, the old heads, the OGs, whatever you want to call them. And now, yeah. you know, 34, 35, even coming off of a good season, man, that's just considered old right now with the way the league is going, the direction. You talk about the coaching. That's kind of it with with Dwayne Brown. He doesn't want to go to the right side. And so they're kind of like, okay, I guess we have to stick him on the left side. He's been around for 15 years in the league. So we'll put him on the left side. We have to put Mekhi Becton back on the right side. And who knows? That's how Rodgers got hurt, right? Because Dwayne mm-hmm. Brown, albeit he was hurt, he was hurt, but he wasn't good on the right side. But Tittman's not going on IR. So maybe he could play Monday. Maybe he could play next week. That's big. I think they put him at center at this point with McGovern going on IR. I talked a lot about the injuries actually on the offensive line with Dr. Chow. Dr. David Chow, who we had, you might remember him. We had him right after the first game of the season with Aaron Rodgers. He told you, by the way, that Rodgers might be back this year. He's taking credit for that now. He also told you that he wasn't injured because of the turf. And now Kirk Cousins just had an injury on grass. Kirk Cousins got hurt in, in, the same injury in, in Lambeau, which is grass. So I don't know. Who knows? Um, but we'll talk to Dr. Chow coming up. But before we talk to Dr. Chow, you and I had a conversation with Quincy Anunwa, another fan favorite. Um, so I'm going to throw it to that interview in a second. Uh, it was a really fun conversation. I do want to say one thing before we get into that. Can you just gloat for a second about the job that Brent Boyer has done? You've This has been a Brent Boyer and and Thomas Morstead fan podcast from the beginning. I just want to say that. They're getting all their shine, all their light this week. But this has been a, we've both talked about those two guys so much since we've started the show. It's nice to see everyone else giving them some recognition, huh? Yeah, exactly. And Brent Boyer, let me tell you something. He's a real stand up guy. You know, I played for Brent, and, you know, he was a guy that played a long time in his league. He understands he was a special team, special teamer in his career. So he understood the importance of special teams. And the thing is, he finds this group that is considered backups and guys that are on the fence of getting cut. He he finds those guys and say, hey, if you want a job, this is this is where you have to be. So he does a great job at connecting with those guys who aren't starters and saying, hey, if you want to play a long time, I played a long time doing this, just this. And he finds that core of guys, man, are just dogs and they're all out for special teams. And he's he's definitely a coach who you want to play for as a player. He understands it. He understands sometimes of certain drills where he don't have us running 50 yards. He'll cut it down to 20. He just wants that effort. And and that goes a long way with players, man. Like, it goes a long way with the body. It goes a long way with the respect. I'm like, okay, this guy get us. Like, I'm going to go hard, get this effort out of the way. And you want to play for a guy like that. And not only that, man, he knows his stuff. Like, he he knows it from a player's standpoint, not just X's and O's on the board. Like he understands that what's what's on the on the boards not is is not necessarily what's gonna happen in a game. So he gives you like these real life scenarios of just going to be a ball player. And he allows you as a as a football player go to go be a football player, not a robot. And I think you're seeing that uh with him, uh with his guys. You see those guys flying around. Um, like I said, man, he, he, he finds those group of guys, man, and he gets you to believe And you know, they always said, uh, for a long time, they said the hardest thing to do in the NFL is play special teams. Uh, it's the most selfless thing you could do. Not everybody wants to run down on kickoff or, you know, not everybody wants to stand there and hold up a guy on part return running 40, 50 yards down the field. Not everybody wants to do that. So if you find those group of guys that do it, you could be a very good unit. 
Yeah, so we'll have to have him on the podcast because, I mean, the way you speak about him, it's it's incredible. And obviously, the guys play hard for him. I think that's the best unit on the Jets. I don't think that's questionable. Speaking of special teams, though, did you see the Giants? They signed a kicker. They signed Randy Bullock. And now, Graham Gano is having surgery on his knee. So, Graham Gano, who missed two kicks, who they put out there on fourth and one instead of going for it to end the game, he misses the kick. He shanks it, and now he's having surgery. So, like, the guy was hurt. They should have known that. He needed surgery. They said they were going to wait till after the year. And so kind of mismanagement by the Giants, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, I mean, did he did he injure it like during the play? Was it something that was no, going it was on coming already? into the game? It was something that was going on already. And he no, said, no, I'll, I'll get man. surgery after the year. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that, honestly, that loss right there just ruined their entire season. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I mean, and then, you, and then right after that, they 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 traded off uh, Leonard, and, yeah. Leonard Williams. And I think now is, you know, you hate to say it. I hate to say it as a from a player's perspective, but I think everybody's starting to say, uh-oh, they're starting to tank the season. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like you can't you can't come back from this one. You lost to the New York Jets. So let's trade off our they, they, best D lineman and then uh this week they're playing a team that just fired their head coach. Do you know teams that fire their head coach in season? I think going back, like I forget what it is, like since 2010, something like that. The team that fires a head coach midseason. That following week, I think is like 15 and nine, some record like that. Like they're really good that following week because they they're fired up like at, with the new coach, like there's new energy in the building and they they play for him or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never been a part of that, like mid, you know, yeah, middle I, don't, of the no, season. I don't remember. I don't remember the Jets ever firing a coach in season other than when, you know, when they fired Greg Williams, who was the defensive coordinator in 2020. Yeah, that was 2020. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. there. So I don't I don't know. But that um, wasn't even the head coach. That he was, was a trip, too, by the way. Yeah, he was a trip. Greg Williams. I know. I, know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he called an yeah. all-out blitz with the game. Like, you know, he, that yeah. was... I remember that one. Was that was in MetLife, wasn't it? Was that in MetLife? <laughs> yeah, Saints. Yeah, was we that the, no, the Saints? That was the, uh, that the Raiders. Was the, it was the Raiders, the Raiders. yeah. It was Derek, Derek Carr, Carr and... Uh, and Henry who Ruggs. Who's, Henry Ruggs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know about him. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And he threw it. He threw a bomb to Henry Ruggs. And it was just like, I was On rooting for blitz. <laughs> we wanted the Jets to lose, right? Because you wanted Trevor Lawrence. And then they went two weeks later or whatever it was. And and he had Frank Gore running for 800 yards against, yeah. against the Rams. Ends up winning them. All right. We're having a fun time. We had a really fun time with Quincy Nunez. So before we do anything else, I want to kick it to our interview with Quincy. Joining us now on in-flight snack, another fan favorite. I always say Bilal is one of the fan favorites, and we have another one today, Quincy Anunwa. Quincy, thank you for doing this, buddy. Nah, yeah, of course, man. I had to get on, man. Bilal's my guy, and, uh, and listen, I appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate you being here. I want to ask this right away before, because I know you spent some time with the team, so before we get into anything else, I don't even know how to ask this question. Just Garrett Wilson, go. What do you see? I mean, he's so freaking talented. He is, man. Listen, I'm... I tell everybody, man, Ohio State does a really good job of putting out receivers, man. They just, I don't know what they're doing in there, but it's a factory, man. And uh, you watch Garrett Wilson, and immediately he jumps off the screen with his, his ability. Like, 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 like catching the ball is one thing, but also route running. Like, he's so smooth. He's got so much detail. Like, and he doesn't rush. Like, I feel like um, I like to tell receivers a lot. I tell them, like, um, you got to play the game at your speed. Like, too many times guys are rushing to go get the ball. And then everything else is just so fast and you can't even make the move that you need to make. But like his is like, he's like so focused on just getting his route done, you know? So yeah, I appreciate him, man. He's a, he's a really good receiver. You, mm. man, I appreciate you. 
uh, for coming on the show, bro. You you know, you always was my dude, man. And you know, yeah. I've, I've been a fan of yours since you walked in the building, man. Just like just like Quentin, I told him, man. There are certain guys that come in the come in the room. They come into the locker room and they just earn that veteran respect. And, and you were one of those guys. Um, but you know, we, we're talking about Garrett Wilson, man. What is it about Garrett Wilson? on the preparation side, like a guy that comes in that's drafted high that separates himself from the rookie year yeah. to now, like how does that preparation go about? Like when, when, when does it click to you as a rookie coming into the building? Man, that's a good question. I feel like, um, it's so hard. And I feel, I mean, you know, we played, you know, for a few years and you see a lot of different first round draft picks come in. And, you know, it's, it's tough to see a guy make an impact like he did. Him and Sauce, right? Like, to have a rookie class that has two first-round picks that go in there and rookie of the year, like, that's how you know they're just different, man. Like, uh, you know, when I watch him in practice and stuff, I really see him, you know, really kind of uh, taking care of the details. So that's always going to be my thing with him is, like, you can just tell he's real detail-oriented and just about football. You know, the passion comes out. He seems like a, like a quiet guy, but then when he's on the field – you really see the passion come out, you know? And I think that's what, that's another thing that I like about him. You know, it's like, uh, he lets it all out on the field, you know? You saw that in Hard Knocks, right? Where he's so riled up when when he's on the field and off the field. He seems like this, like you said, like a quiet, reserved guy. There was the, you know, they had him in the car driving to practice and he's quiet and whatever. And right. I thought the video that came out of his dad, I think it was on, on Drafted. Do you remember that video? I don't know if you guys remember this, but on Drafted, his dad talking to him like, telling him just stay humble and keep working hard. And you see it with him every day. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it definitely comes out, you know, and, and, you know, it's a testament to obviously to his parents and, you know, how state did some, did some good things with him as well. I mean, he's, he's a baller, man. So another thing on hard knocks was Aaron Rodgers. that ended quickly. Blah, you want to ask about that? Go ahead. Uh, because, you know, we, we've talked about it and, and, and it's been headlines for we don't know how long right now. Mm-hmm. So excited to get Aaron Rodgers in. Jets were in the Super Bowl contending conversation. And then we see him go down after four plays. And then you see all this media stuff coming around the fact that Aaron Rodgers is trying to return this year after an injury that usually sits guys down for an entire year. Right. I mean, they're rehabbing all the way into the next year. Right. Right. You, you had a serious injury. You you and I had this, the the same injury as right. a matter of fact. What is that journey like in recovery? You know, I I want you to to explain because I want people to to, to understand Rogers' mentality. Yeah, going down, expecting a great year, you go down with an injury that not too many people come back from. Right. Explain what 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 is it like, man, on that on that recovery journey? Yeah, bro, it's uh, it's tough, you know. But you know what, though, and maybe you can also speak to this too. Like, I would love to know your perspective on it. But I feel like the hardest thing for at least our injury is it's not like a, something that stops us from being able to move. Like, we still can move the same way. So, really, the the most part of the journey is going into the doctor's office and seeing how 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 good your fusion was today. You know what I mean? Like looking at the x-ray, like, oh, it's a little bit darker on the fusion, you know? But like just in terms of like the 
process. I don't know. It wasn't like, I don't feel like it was like a need, you know, does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like I'm gradually getting somewhere. I'm just, I'm just living life and not playing football right now, you know, and doing like small exercises, but it's not stopping me from doing anything. You know, in the beginning though, it was hard though. Uh, the beginning obviously is really hard because, you know, you got to sit up and you can't sleep well. But I feel like after that part, it's kind of just a process of getting back to it. Um, so with Aaron Rodgers, man, he's he's crazy, bro. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Obviously, he's got all these different uh, uh, treatments. He has to be Superman, stuff. bro. If he comes back from it, he's Superman. Yeah, no, nah, bro. He, he does Superman. that. He definitely. But listen, this is this is the thing, though. You know, you, you see a lot of these, uh, like LeBron and all these other guys. They have the finances and the and the connections to find people to really help them heal faster than, you know what I mean? Like Kobe used to go over to Germany and do the, mm-hmm. the, the orthokine. And then they brought it out here. You know, uh, it was a couple guys on the team doing it too. And then I ended up doing yep. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's once, once you find out that thing and that's what he did, you know, and, and hopefully it's a, a future for everybody else. It's funny because like, he's probably in a black hole somewhere doing ayahuasca and coming back <laughs> and like, Hey, I'm ready guys. I'm What's ready. up? <laughs> no, yeah. bro, he's, he, he knows some stuff, man. He definitely knows some stuff. He has to, the way he's speaking, man. It, it's something yeah. he has up his sleeve, man. Yeah. It's something and even, different. I mean, even JD said this week, like he kind of walked it back with JD's like, yeah, we expect him to be back. Like, I don't know. And what, but I feel like, but then what is this? Like, this will be so crazy, man. I don't, it's hard to even imagine him coming back, say that he comes back right before the playoffs, right? Like, that would be the wildest thing you would ever see, bro. Well, do you think this team makes the playoffs, you know, with the team they have now in order to get him to come back? So, to me, this is what I say. Defensively, they're there. Obviously, special teams are there. The offense, is just has to stay healthy. Like, you think about all the injuries, majority of them on the offense. That's crazy, man. So, like, even if they're executing the process, the the plays well, which obviously we can talk about that, and then you know making the plays you're supposed to make, it's still so many injuries that are just cutting you down, you know. So it just makes it so hard to stay cohesive, and that's the biggest thing. Is like if you can have a team that just stays together the rest of the year, you can go far. But if everybody's getting hurt, then it makes it that much more challenging. For Speaking sure. of a team sticking together, Q, you've been around it. I've been around it. We've been around teams where guys were not the coolest. Yeah. And you've been around some teams where guys were getting along and, and you can see that on the field. Being around the building, like, what are you seeing between the players, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the it's conversations, just, like the energy, like in the a, building, bro? It, feel, it feels like a family. You know, it feels, I mean, so... You know, I only get to see so much, right? Like, especially during training camp. But even, you know, training camp is some of the hardest times. That's the grind, you know? And you can really tell that guys are staying connected and staying together. You know, that's, at least that's what I've seen. Then, obviously, you get a, a good look with hard knocks, you know? So, to me, like, Coach kind of has the ship on the right way. The The only thing I would say is, uh, you know, they just got to figure it out on the field, obviously, with the consistency. But in terms of family like it looks like it looks really like you know he's done a good job of creating that for them where it's not like a lot of drama you definitely don't hear no drama coming out of the locker room you know mm-hmm. yeah we have uh Quincy and Nunwa here on in flight snack and I want to get to your career a little bit and your guys career cuz you guys play together obviously but before we do that I actually have two questions about current players who are not on the Jets but because you mentioned it the injuries um, Daniel Jones this week, there was some, it was foggy with, with 
was he cleared? Was he not cleared? And then, you know, on, on Thursday, Dable saying, we don't know when he's going to play next Friday. Apparently he was cleared, but we didn't know about that till Sunday. It seems really confusing, but it's the same type of thing you're saying. He can go out there. He can practice. He can play, but he's not cleared. What do you think is going on behind the scenes there with the giants? Mm. Somebody else had asked me this uh, the other day and I don't know, man, but like just from having the injury, I would say that, uh, you know, it's not something to play with, you know? So it's hard to really tell. Like in the beginning, when I first had mine, there was like practices I would get out and come back in and I would have just weird sensations and weird feelings, you know, and I didn't know how to explain it or anything like that. So like, you know, it would just be so random. Like I would fall down and then I would feel something or sometimes I would jump and then I would feel something like a jolt through my body or whatever. So I say all that to say, if he has anything similar to that, like, you know, it's, it's hard to stay consistent on that injury report. So it could be something like that. You know, if I'm thinking the other way, you know, they could have thought, well, let's throw him out there now since, you know, uh, we got all this stuff going on, like just try and fight it out. That's another viewpoint of it. But honestly, think, bro, it's just a tough injury to to navigate. Yeah, and Tyrod got hurt. It's kind of weird because like Tyrod got hurt. Now you're going to throw him against Max Crosby, who's one of the best defensive linemen uh-huh. in the league. Like that's tough. Last question about the current players. Sam Darnold. Do you think he gets a shot in San Francisco? I want to see it like as a, as a Sam Darnold fan myself, like I liked him at USC and then with you guys, he was fun. Yeah. yeah. Purdy's not looked great, right? Uh, man, I hope, I hope he does. To be honest with you, I haven't, so I haven't really been watching San Fran like that. I'm just hearing a lot of the reports coming out and the highlights. And I know that they're saying a lot of bad stuff about Purdy. I would love to watch like the actual film and see like what's going on. Like, is it really worth benching him? Um, but Man, I hope Sam gets another chance, man. Every time he gets out there, I'd be happy, you know, because that's this is the reason why I'll be riding for Zach is because, you know, I know that that challenge of being a young quarterback. Like, I've seen it. And actually, this is something I wanted to talk with Bilal about, so we could talk about it on here. Uh, <laughs> what, the challenge with playing young quarterback, I mean, you know, you play with Fitz and you play with, with I mean, you even play with Geno too, but you play with Fitz and you play with uh, uh, Sam. So would you say that the younger quarterbacks or Sam's in Sam's situation, he had to know a lot more protection or the issue was that he didn't have, he didn't understand the protections and that's what kind of made it hard for him because I felt like they put a lot on him in terms of that. Whereas before it was a lot was either on Nick or it was on Fitz. I felt like they put a lot on Sam's plate. Yeah. I honestly did, man. Like, and, and on top of that, man, that was probably one of the hardest playbooks too. That he had to learn, bro. You're talking in. about Todd or or Gase? We're uh, talking about Gase. I'm talking about Gase. His first oh, year, was, yeah. oh yeah, his first right. year was with, yeah, was with. But I think I think a lot was put on him, and yeah. and I think a lot is put on quarterbacks Young coming quarterbacks. out of college. Yeah, because I, I feel like if you look at the college systems, bro, they're doing a check with me on the sideline. I know. And that's not helping their IQ. That's a, uh, that's a coach putting his player in the best position and it's not really giving him the chance to really identify what Anything. he needs to do. It's yeah. him solely depending on the coach. And and then you see that effect go into the NFL where I think I talked to you about it, Rami, when, when you see yep. uh, the quarterback from Houston, the rookie, uh, who was that? CJ uh, Stroud. Talking in the interview, talking about he's telling his guy to do this and do you don't hear that from a rookie quarterback. I mean, yeah. that's that's sensational. That's yeah. that's beautiful. Where so how do you bridge Sam, that? How do you bridge I, that gap? I, honestly, I think that's the, the player. That's the player. Yeah. That's the player 
I don't know, maybe putting in extra work. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the system is fit. You, I've been a part, and I think Quincy can attest to this. I've been a part of offenses where the terminology terminology had you thinking too much on the field. Yeah. And then there was there was some offenses where it put you in the best position. It was simple to learn. Now you're playing fast. Where Sam Donald, poor Sam Donald comes in, man. Honestly, uh I didn't think he was expecting to start. I thought he thought, you know, Josh McCown yeah, was going to be the guy. That too. And he was going to have time to learn. And then it was boom. No. That that was an opportunity for him to get shot. And like he's thrown into this fire in New York. And like we all know how it is, how tough it is to play in New York, dog. Yeah. But they did put a lot on his plate, man. And yeah. and I and I felt so bad uh at the time. Um for Sam, man, and you know, I was hoping he he had enough time to develop. Right. And not only that, his second year, you know, you're changing. And you switching coordinators. coordinators, bro. Come on, man. I mean, that's so tough to do, bro. That's why um, I feel about Zach, bro. That's that's why I feel the way about Zach. I'm like, bro. Yes, there's a lot of mental stuff for him. Like in the beginning, I feel like he was playing overly confident. Let me play hero ball to some degree, you know? And it was like, you're doing too much, bro. This year, it feels like he's really following the offense, doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Now he's making mistakes, but he's making just like quarterback mistakes, not like doing too much this year. So I say that because I be on him because I'm like, bro, like everybody's like, oh, this guy is not doing well. I'm like, bro, have you seen his, his, his path? His quarterback coach passes away his first year, bro. That's crazy. Like then you got then then you look, you're changing coordinators. You got a first year coordinator. You know what I mean? So to me, I get it. I get it. He was drafted high. So like at this point now, you know, uh, somebody just didn't make the best decision. You know, but at, at the end of the day, right? You have a guy that's still here and still can be functional and serviceable and do well for you. You know, and that's why I'm like. Like, you guys got to see this, like, as a fan base, right? Like, you know, so I saw I'd be just, you know, having conversations sometimes because to me, I know, I know why people are upset. And I think that at this point now, like, all that has happened, but he's getting better and he, he's not really, he, you didn't go into it with like him being your starting quarterback, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Aaron Rodgers went down, you know, and now he's the guy that's coming in. I mean, what other backup is playing like this? I don't know. Probably Josh Dobbs, who just got traded to be the bad to be the starter in Minnesota, also, right? Right, right. I mean, it's not a lot of guys, though. Not a lot of guys yeah. are coming in, you know, and, and and helping you get these many wins. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, Bilal and I talked about this a lot. We talk about like you talked about him doing too much his first year, and now feeling like he's playing in a system. Do you feel like sometimes he needs to let it go a little bit? Because Bilal and I sometimes see that maybe he's not hold he's holding back a little too much where sometimes this yeah. defense is so good just take a couple of chances if if you throw a pick or two you know this defense is going to go out there and pick you up yeah i feel like and i don't want to make no assumptions you know I, I i know that the position that he's in is tough so you know you don't want to do too much i mean even when he plays good he's not exactly getting like the most love right so to have the situation that he's had coming up to this year um, I would, I, I mean, at least if I was in that position, I would be very wary about my next position, my, my next move because of everything that's happened up until now. So, you know, I think that he's doing his best to stretch it when he can, you know, and you can see it like there's moments like he threw one pass. I think it was like third, fourth quarter and he was moving up in the pocket and somebody had grabbed him. And he threw it to Lazard like this, like just showing some crazy ability you know, and, and it was a drop. And it's like, you see the talent coming out and you see him taking chances, you know? So 
uh, I think it'll come, man. I think uh, I feel like as he gets as he gets more comfortable, you know, as he gets more opportunities, we're going to see, you know, him really kind of stretch it within the offense. Yeah, I mean, I feel that. All right. Well, you wanted to shift to some uh, some career stuff for you guys. So uh, let's take it in that direction. Man, honestly, Q, um, man, just being around the building, I came back. I had an opportunity to see you in training camp. And the first thing I thought about was, man, how has the transition been for you, dog? Mm. Like, you know, I know what it's like for me. Um, I think this is this is something that's really important because, you know, you you play this career and you're a fan favorite. But man, people want to see what you're doing outside of football, but they don't really see that transition in between A and B. Right. That's that's the hardest part, man. So how has this transition been for you? And are you enjoying being back in the building? It was tough, bro. It was really tough in the beginning. Like, um, you know, I think anytime you lose that uh, identity, you know, of being a football player, you know, I, I feel like I was doing a lot of prep, you know, for, you know, afterwards, but, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to stop you from feeling those feelings, right? Like, you know, I can do all the prep I want, but uh, eventually I'm going to have to sit down and really think about like something that I've had for my whole life is just gone. And not even because I wanted it to be gone, right? Like it's just taken from me. So yeah, it was tough, bro. And, uh, you know, I had a lot, especially because I was doing that at the same time that the pandemic was happening. So then you got all those things going on. So and a lot of isolation, but like, you know, it's, that's just life at the end of the day, right? Like you, you have, you have to go through those moments and then you, you go, you come back up and you realize, you know, like what you've done and who you are, you know, you can sit on all those different things. Um, and you know, I got a, a great opportunity through EA to reach out to, he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to do this. Prior to that, I was doing some coaching and I was, you know, I was enjoying that, but then he reached out to me and said, you know, do you want to come and do this with the team? And I said, you know, why not, man? Like, this is a good opportunity. I had another uh, opportunity somewhere else and I didn't want to do it because I felt like it was far. So this was like, man, I guess it'd be right near home right now. So it was like the perfect opportunity for me, man. And it's been cool, bro, because, you know, I'm enjoying being back in the game, you know, and, and watching the game when I'm on the field, bro, it's so crazy. I'm rambling, but you know, yeah, it's all, nah, good. It's all good, bro. I mean, that transition, um, so I was opposite, bro. I was uh I was the guy that I wanted to be far away from football as possible. Mm. I wanted nothing to do with it. Mm. Right. And I wanted to try different careers and do different things. You know, I got into new construction, bro. Did that for three years, and that was the most miserable time of my life. Mm. And I remember I went up Brian Winners. We went up, my wife and I went to visit the winners up in Cleveland. And um, I remember getting a phone call from B. Marshall, bro, Brandon Marshall. And he told me, and I'm kind of telling him, you know, I'm kind of getting back into the NFL legends community and reaching out. And I'm I'm finally starting to answer the, the all the emails that they send you. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing he said was, B, you got to get back. You got to get back involved with it, bro. It's in us. This is our DNA, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, man, I'll tell you this, man, bro, for a dude that tried to get away from this game for three years, bro, most miserable time of my life, bro. Got back to to ball, bro. Even mm -hmm. coaching it at a at a youth level, and now I'm in, now I'm in the you know the youth advisory committee in the NFL. It's 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 this is what we are, bro. And yeah. and now we get to pass that knowledge down to the young guys. Now you now you get to see the young guys, and you get to be that guy, bro. Yeah, that's that's guiding these guys, and 
keeping that football alive, bro. It's a great game. Nah, definitely, bro. In fact, that's a big piece of it. I be telling guys all the time, man, you got to get back to it, man, because exactly what he said. It's, it's, it is us, right? Like, we've been doing it for like 20 plus years, bro. I mean, that's crazy to do one thing for that long. That's your identity, you know? So you got to figure out another way to stay connected. Yeah, and one of the things you guys keep talking about is that connection, right, that you have. You said Brandon called you up and was like, get back into it. Part of that, I feel like that connection, you talked about being in isolation and and that d- during the pandemic, and that obviously played into it also. Um, but part of what you guys have in common is that you are lifelong Jets. So what is that like? What is that? Does that mean something special to you guys that like, hey, now I want to be back with the team. Both of you yeah. are back with the team now in a, in yeah. a way, right? Because... Yeah that connection that you had with the, with the Jets in particular? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, you know, I, I, you know, I could say that um, it's like uh, your alma mater in a way now, you know, like it's another college, you know, to, to, to have been here and experienced it and only experienced it. Um, it's a, it's a really cool feeling, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it ended in that way. Like that's something I'm really, you know, I hang my hat on and appreciate every time uh, when I think about my career. So yeah, obviously, you know, I can also talk about, you know, even the fan base, you know, having the the love that they give back, bro. That's another thing that I try to tell guys, you know, is like, you know, this is uh they they they'll come down hard on you, but it's all love, man. It's like real love, bro. Yeah. Hey, and, and you talk about being back in MetLife. And you talk about the love. Like Chris, we didn't have, if you look at us statistically, bro, we didn't have crazy numbers, bro. Yeah. But you talked about it earlier. You talked about the fan base loving those guys that go hard. Yeah. Man, bro, I watched them bring you in as a receiver, bro. I, I seen you, like, not complain about getting on special teams, which a lot of young guys struggle with. They go from the stardom to you're on special teams. Yeah. I saw you grind from special teams, getting the opportunity to start. Um, I think you had a great core of receivers, Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, that yeah. you can – you can look up and, and, and kind of like get a good idea of what a professional looks like yeah. from a consistent standpoint, man, and, and guys that had good numbers throughout their career. But we didn't have crazy numbers, bro, but yeah. we got a lot of respect in the fan base. Definitely. And and it goes back to, I think it's one of those things where, hey, that's, that coach is going to say, if I had 11 Quincy's on the field, mm-hmm. we'll be undefeated. You know what I'm saying? Like, when when somebody else scored, bro, you was the first one in the you was the first one in the in the in the end zone. Same thing for me. I always celebrated my 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 teammates, bro. And like honestly, bro, this is what I'm seeing from this team, and that's the scary part about yeah. it. Is like they're not even clicking on the offensive side of the ball yet, and yeah. and and yet they find the they found the way to win four games, which is hard to do, and put three in a row, bro, three back to right. back to back, which is hard to do in this league, bro. Right. So. I'm sitting here as a fan, right, as a former player, thinking like, man, if they get it somewhat right on that side, you're looking at a, a playoff team that's ready for uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers to come back and lead them, bro. And I, I think I told Rami this. I said, this is going to be his, an historical season. I, I just I said it in the beginning. I said what the defense is doing, obviously picking up, and carrying the offense along yeah. with the it, it's just you can just see the the special teams unit and the defense carrying the offense and that's what you want as a fan base like i know it's sometimes ugly to watch but man it's a dub we talk about the ugly wins Rami, all the yeah, time bro. right we, it's like why can't we celebrate the wins like 
you know, offense was this and that. But if if that that offense can find a way, bro, to to click, and and we don't need nothing like crazy. It just find a way to click, but they can put up two, three touchdowns a game, decent game. It's gonna, bro. I see y'all in Vegas, bro. Now, dog. <laughs> Go buy your tickets now. I already got them. Go. <laughs> hey, it's a CBS Super Bowl this year, so I could probably get there through work anyway. <laughs> yeah, I feel that, bro. Listen, it's a uh, it. The sky's the limit, man. The sky's really the limit, right? Like they have all the chemistry, like you said. You know, they also just are are grinding out wins, you know. And I think that obviously. You know, people want to see more excitement out of this team on the offensive side. Um, but I think if they can just get it figured out with with health wise and then obviously just staying consistent, you know, I don't I don't see why not. You know. Yeah, I'll, I have a question for you because I'm getting to know Bilal over the last like couple months. Yeah, but I don't you know, we still haven't met in person, which is crazy. Wow. But do you have a favorite memory of your time playing with him, whether it was on the <sighs> field or kind of like a funny story off the field? Just something. Just give me something. I got to like I need to start asking every guest this question. You know, you know what? Uh, so, you know, what surprised me the most was uh, when we had Bilal's uh, Halloween party. I was like, oh, man. First off, where were you guys? Oh, Kanye, no. where, are we uh, go, where are we going with this one? Where I saw your <laughs> wife posting the pictures, by the way. Bilal, so I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Hey, we listen, were, I'm not so going we far. Kanye, I'm not, listen, I'm not Kanye going over crazy. Kim, I'm man. just saying, like, you know, I knew Bilal as, as business, you know? So it was cool to see, you know, he had the whole party for us and everything. I had to show up. I'm like, oh, no, Bilal having a party? Oh, yeah. I'm there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was what, five years ago. Yeah, that was five years ago. 30. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Otherwise, as obviously on the field, bro. Uh, Bilal was just, you know, it was, I so I watched. So sometimes uh, during the season, I like to watch when I was playing just to kind of put my head back in the game. Like, it really helps me kind of like remember like, okay, this is what was going on in this. And then like, okay, I can really kind of put the two together with what I'm watching now. And I was just watching Bilal, man. Dude was, you know, ridiculous, bro. Ridiculous. I was watching the Browns game when uh, Fitz audible to a draw mm-hmm. and Bilal took it in for a touchdown. That's another thing real quick. First off, crazy touchdown. I didn't even think he was going to score and you made it. But then the other thing is Fitz knowing to check to that, right? Like paint, paint. It's not like he said check or anything like that. Like he saw that and then audible to that. So I still like to say, I can't wait till we do see Aaron Rodgers run this offense, right? Because, like, I feel like right now you have all these things going on and, like, Zach is just running the offense. You know what I mean? Like, there's no nuance to it. There's no, like, I know I can check to this. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's what really plays the difference between a veteran and a, and a young quarterback, man. Because mm-hmm. when Fitz was playing, man, that's when I had my best year because it takes so much off of everybody else's plate. Mm-hmm. We talked about that last episode, uh, Rami, yeah, talking about 100%. talking about how, you know, the Giants were just blitzing and blitzing and blitzing. Mm-hmm. And at what point do you, you know, as a as a quarterback, come up, identify that and get to the, the best play Another possible? Play. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if you blitz Aaron, he's going to, yeah. He's going to kill check you. He's going to get you. He's going to do something. He's going to find you know? the one-on-ones and, yeah. and just kill you. Yeah. yeah. And 
I do. It's funny because Bilal was never a guy who talked to the media a lot while he was here, but now he's a member of the media. So congrats on that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Hey, my wife said that today. She was like, you didn't, I had one interview in college. I did one. It was yeah. my senior year. And then I did maybe a handful in the NFL. And she said, it's crazy how all of a sudden you want to sit in front of the camera, talk on the microphone. Yeah, you talk Jets for three hours every week with me. (laughs) She said I needed to talk to somebody else anyway. I was talking too much football to her. She was like, listen, either you go get a job talking about this or I'm leaving. Well, my wife said the same thing because she doesn't care about football. She's like, I don't (laughs) want to talk to you about this. Um, I want to do something fun here because a lot of times you guys talk about the relationship with the fans and the players and different things. And it sounds like clearly, Quincy, you know your career. Um, but a lot of times the fans, I find this with Tiki all the time. I work with Tiki Barber and he has, he has zero memories from his career. And his career was a little bit before you guys, Mm -hmm. but sometimes the fans, because we live it so much, we're such diehards, especially jet fans. We remember certain things more than you guys remember yourselves about your career. So I I have a few questions. I wanted to ask the two of you. I'm going to, I'm going to switch off. I want to ask you guys questions about your own career. So it's going to start three questions each. And then we have like two joint questions. So I'm going to start easy. I'm going to start with Quincy. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Quincy, do you know who you scored your first touchdown of your career against when it was where it was? Yes. It was game one of the Bengals uh, 2016. Uh, It was like a pick route with B. Marsh on the left side. And it was like a flat for like three yards or something like that. I caught it like jumping up. And didn't do no celebration and nothing, but I was hyped. I even know my first catch. I ain't never, listen, I'm never forgetting those. Yeah, that's why it's the easy one. All right, you're one for one. Bilal, yours? Do you remember yours? Yeah, my first career touchdown was 2012. First to St. Louis Rams, my first and second career. Correct. I had two two rushing touchdowns that game. Two touchdowns Mm -hmm. and a win against... St. Louis in St. Louis. That was against Shotty too. Shotty. Yep. And it was week 11, a week 11 win in 2012. All right. So this is a little bit harder now because this not as memorable because you never know in the moment that it's going to be the last, but I'll start with you, Bilal. Do you remember your last career touchdown? Mm. This is harder. My last career touchdown. We're coming to you next, Quincy. Start My last the, career touchdown came against there. the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nailed it. it was, yes. No, 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 no. It was it was against the Miami Dolphins, and it was a reception touchdown. And yes, that was against a receiving Gase. touchdown from Sam Darnold Sam in the twenty twelve. Yeah, in two thousand and eighteen. It was a reroute. Yeah, I remember that one. Yep. It All right. Do you remember your last, last touchdown? touchdown, bro? Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like it was uh, Detroit. Yes, that's correct. In my last. Damn, that year was so trash, bro. That was Sam Darnold in his first game threw a touchdown to you on the Monday Night Football win in Detroit after throwing the pick six as his first career pass. To me. That pick six was to me. (laughs) The the wheel route where Sam Darnold's all the way on the other side of the field. He he didn't put no air under it. I'm like, man. (laughs) He thought he was like Zach over there. He put up 40 points that game, though, man. Oh, no. Bounce back. Yeah, that's that's true. I remember that was his first career pass, and Jet fans are freaking out. We're like, this is the guy we got it and, and then he put it on him the rest of the game and it was great yeah. whatever um all right so 
Do you know what your career high? I'll start with you, Quincy. What your career high when it was, what game it was, how many yards it was, your career high receiving yards? I want to say 108 against the Patriots. Uh, and I had a touchdown. It was 109, but yes, against the Patriots in 2016, I'll give you that one. Um, You're three for three. We'll go to the bonus round in a second. Bilal, if you get this one, what what was your, I'm going to get, for you, it's rushing. We'll do rushing, your career high rushing. It was San Fran. Nope. (laughs) Hold on. It was San Fran? Was it San Fran? I think San Fran was your second. No, it looks like Buffalo. Buffalo was was uh, was third or fourth. I have oh my here, goodness. What? Yeah. Oh. What I you... see here is Jacksonville in 2017. Oh my goodness! hundred and sixty three rushing yards and twenty seven receiving yards. One hundred ninety yards in the game against Jacksonville. You went nuts. Oh my goodness! How could I? Forget? I can't believe. I so, about that so now. let's do this, Bilal. I'll ask you, you, you said it. How many times in your career have you gone over a hundred yards? You, you just gave me three of them. So how many times in your career did you rush for over a hundred yards? You told me Buffalo. You told me San Francisco. You told me ja- we got Jacksonville. I think I got six, five. You have five twice against Buffalo. Mm. Once again, San Francisco. One was 13. Three times in 2017, you you rushed for over over 100 yards in a game. Three times. And the most recent one was in 2017 against the Chargers. So Chargers Chargers this week, Chargers on Monday night. Let's do it. The the San Fran one was 2016, right? You had against San Fran in 2016, 2016, correct? Yeah. Yep. So so far, Quincy knows Bilal. Yeah. Yeah. Quincy knows Bilal. Well, because Quincy jumped off sides and thought the flag flag was on him. (laughs) Yeah. So the ball started. They didn't even throw it. They didn't throw it, though. They threw the offsides on on, uh, San Fran, bro. (laughs) I just stood there the whole play. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> if we could get 145 rushing yards from from uh, Brees on Sunday, I'll take it. Or on Monday, rather, against LA. Yeah. Uh, recreate what you did against LA. And last for you, Quincy, you seem to know both your careers. Do you know, have you and Bilal ever scored a touchdown in the same game? If so, when, how many times, and what game was it? It was uh, Cleveland. You already mentioned that. There yeah, you go. It was Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. That Cleveland game, uh, the first touchdown of the game was Bilal, a 35-yard run. And then yeah. Quincy, you had the 24-yard pass mm-hmm. from uh from Fitzpatrick. We so Did we win that one? You won against yeah, Cleveland. It was one, uh yeah. let me look at it real quick. Yeah, 31 to 28 against Cleveland in week eight. Mm-hmm. Cleveland was 0 and 8. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be Girl, honest with you too, bro. It's so I don't know why it's so hard to win in Cleveland. Like yeah. it's you know, no matter what their record is going in, and their defense is hard. so good this it's year. It's hard though. to win in Cleveland. It's hard to we win. We played a lot in Cleveland too. We played that Monday night game too. Yeah. You know why you play a lot in Cleveland? I don't want to be mean about this, but you're play... the lowest on the uh AFC East. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you time. play the lowest team in your in the in each division. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. And they're always the lowest in the AFC oh, North. No. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, we stay playing Cleveland. We stay playing there, bro. You I'm play like, Cleveland every goodness. year. They don't even they, have good restaurants. Were you there. guys there? Um, I think you guys were. Monday night football at home again. Or sorry, yeah, Monday night football at home against Cleveland when yeah. when uh, Sam had mono. Oh, no, that was, oh, I was hurt goodness. that year. Oh, you were hurt that year? Was so that it? Yeah, I think. Was it, 2019. was it in Cleveland? Uh, 
No, that was at MetLife. That was at MetLife. I was there. Life, you guys yeah. wore the black jerseys. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Out with mono. That was that was a, that was a Le'Veon Bell year. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was there because I was there week one when he caught the touchdown. And then everyone that was all thought. She wrote. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, that was it. Oh, "This is going to be it. great." Le'Veon's got the touchdown. Blah blah blah. No. no. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a rough year, bro. That was uh, bad. I mean, bro. there's that a lot of rough years. years. There's some good years. Yeah. I mean, you that was guys the worst any... though, by far. That was by far <laughs> the worst. What 2019 Sam's second year? That was Gase's first year. That was by far. Yeah. Do you, I mean, okay, so that was the worst year, and you and I kind of talked about this already, Bilal. But like, how did Gase last the second year? You went seven and nine that year. It wasn't like you you finished the season strong. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I wasn't there in 2020. No, you finished seven and nine in 2019. Oh yeah, I was hurt in 2019. I don't know how we did. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know how. I mean, that was uh, on top of. I came in late, and then you know, obviously, they wanted Le'Veon to be the guy, Mm. but that was the hardest offense you had to learn. Like I'm, I'm gonna be honest. That was my seventh offensive coordinator, and that was the hardest offense I've ever had to learn. And I just think it was just too much. Like you I said, he, you get he was trying to be too smart and overcomplicated. Too it. smart, and I'm like, listen, yeah. man, like 35, call it, just call it 35 zone. Why are we calling it 35 th- zone and then calling it uh, turbo? <laughs> like so many code words for. I'm just call it 35 zone. Nobody, if you want to run, if you want to call it turbo in like two minutes and we screaming out stuff and we doing a, that's fine. But like calling out, bro, it was an entire sentence. Yeah, all cold words, bro. And I'm like, this <laughs> for a guy in his second year, and Sam Darnold coming from yeah. poor Sam. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, listen, like, come on, you know what I'm saying? And you know, I was forced to play that veteran role. I wasn't, I wasn't in the huddle with him. Um, you know, that year, I'm gonna be honest. I think Teddy Bridgewater should have made the team. That he was, he was even, killing it. In, to be honest with you, camp. 20, 20 uh, 18, he should have made the team. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. nine. Yeah, eighteen. It was nineteen. Yeah. Eight, no, eighteen. 18, 18 was the first year, 19 was the second year. Yeah. And then meanwhile, yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought he when it, when Teddy throws a pass, bro, like it's like a pillow hitting your hands. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Like somebody was saying about Rogers, this the, like how he his the passes he throws are, or some it was last year. Somebody was saying about Mike White versus San, uh versus Zach. It was like Mike yeah. throws such a catchable ball. What does that mean? Yeah, like it's just like having touch. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, you gotta have touch. It's and, and Teddy got crazy touch. Like he would throw it. Like it would be like one route that we ran a lot when he was there. This got me going back. Was like this deep uh, curl route. So I would run it, and you'd be like twenty yards downfield. And most times the guy has to drive it, and so you know that shit. It's it's gonna hit your hands. Yeah. He would throw it with such touch and, and anticipation. I would turn around, and I think it would be like this, and it just falls in my hand. I'm like, oh man, this is crazy. Yeah. So is that you think that has something to do with the Teddy two gloves that he's wearing both a glove I on think his it's that, But it's also just you know, as you get older, you get more experience. You just learn. Like young quarterbacks tend to you know just kind of everything's just hard. Everything even yeah. even though even the little screens out of the backfield to the backs is just yeah. like but white. He's trying to knock my head off. Like just touch it, <laughs> just a touch. So you think yeah, that's man. why maybe some of Zach's like the drops, maybe some of it's on Zach and not on the receivers. We talked about this with Ooh. Lazard. Like Alan Lazard's a veteran guy. He's leading the league in drop percentages here. Yeah. You know what, bro? So uh, when I watched Lazard before he got here, he wasn't, to me, he didn't seem like the most sure-handed. I think he's, I think he's a talented receiver, but uh, I didn't, I knew that there would be some drops, you know? So 
Um, when I see him this year, you know, some of them are disappointed, but then he's made some catches, some pretty big catches. Yeah. Like, hey, he's made some of the so, huge ones. Yeah. So mm. I'm like, okay, he's, he's, he, like, I, he had one game. I don't remember. He had a few different targets. Dang. I think, I think right? against Kansas City was, yeah, yeah, I think it was a team. He had, he had a touchdown. Pretty, yeah. yeah. He had a pretty good game catching the ball, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, I think one thing I'll say is if you are even kind of shaky with, with catching, when it starts raining, that's a whole nother mind game for you. You know what I mean? So, like, I tried, I, I'm trying not to kind of watch this past game and think, like, oh man, like, you know, this is the end of the world because that rain, man, that changes up so much for a receiver, man. It's, you got to think so different. Even Garrett dropped one that was like, yeah. I mean, I mean that ball's heavy, Rami. That, yeah. And it's, I mean, that, the ball's dark, it turns dark. Yeah, hard to see. You can't yeah. tell if it's a spiral or duck. Like, yeah, you can't really judge when it's coming. Like, let's, and let's it's pray. heavy. We, we've had like yeah. ten straight weeks of bad weather on the weekends here in New York. I like, know. Let's pray for good weather on Monday night. Oh yeah, it's already getting cold. So I mean, it's ridiculous. Can you like how amazed were you that a third string center called up from the practice squad was able to run up, know how to spot it, spike it, and, like. How are they able to pull that off? I don't know, man. I was and Lazard should have gone straight down. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely should have went back straight down. Um, but yeah, bro. I mean, that's a testament to the coaching. A hundred percent. You know, that's a testament to the coaching. You know, you make sure you drill it into your guys so that whoever's in that position knows exactly what to do. I know Zach said that he had, you know, also told him before the snap or something like that. Um, so yeah, they they were lucky they had the they had like extra time in the huddle because the Kayvon Thibodeau that penalty, outside, yeah. yeah. Have you guys right. seen any of this Kayvon stuff with the, I know I work Slowing it down? No, him against, uh, him and Carl Banks against oh, WF. Have you seen some of that stuff? I did see that. I was kind of happy. I mean, I was kind of happy. Uh, not happy, but happy that he had a good game. Yeah, no, I was definitely happy for him. And yeah. obviously Carl was happy, but, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> ultimately the Jets won anyway on an offside. <laughs> so I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, hey, it's the Kayvon Thibodeau game. Well, uh, Quincy, tell us what you're doing with the Jets now. Tell the, the fans what you're doing with the team these days. Yeah, so I'm on the, I, I guess you could call me like a uh, game analyst. Um, so do pre and post game shows. So we have a pregame show that we do uh, at home games. We're at the uh, tailgate zone. Um, Bud Light tailgate zone out there. We had a studio set up and, you know, you can come and watch it. Um, and then afterwards we, we go to the studio and we do our post game show. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's cool, man. It's, uh, you know, being there and, and talking ball, man. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we like to do. That's what we like to do. And it's just helping me really honestly, like, honestly, I got into it because, uh, I'm not like, I don't love like public speaking. I don't love front face and stuff. So when the opportunity came to me, I was like, this is an opportunity to, you know, force me to grow, you know? So uh, it's been challenging, 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 but, you know, it's been rewarding too. And it's really helping me. So I'm happy. Bilal, you got anything else for us? Man, you you talked about coming into midlife. I know everybody has their like thing that they have getting ready. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously you're not playing, so that pressure's off, but mm-hmm. you still gotta go perform. You still gotta mm-hmm. go to work. Right. You know, what's the what's the difference of it? Like what's the feeling? Mm-hmm. You know, running out of the tunnel verse, knowing that man, now it's home. You know, yeah. I mean, you retired a jet, bro. You know what I'm saying? And now you come out on game day and you still part of this organization. Like, like run us through that feeling, bro. Like, yeah. Is it is it the, the same feeling running out of tunnel to go play a game? Like, is it a little different? Like, like what is that feeling like? It's hard to describe. I mean, it's it's uh 
it feels good, you know, like when I drive up to the stadium, you know, and you're seeing everybody uh, from a different perspective. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, we we went through the same parking lots, you know, we did the same walk through the tunnel. Now I'm coming in and I have a whole different perspective than I ever did before. And I get to see it from a different side. Uh, and it's just, it's just cool to do it, man. It's like, you know, it's hard to explain, but, you know, you've been to the green room now. So like, you know, going in there and experiencing that and not even knowing about that while we was playing, like just small things like that. You know, it's like there's so much on the other side of this game that, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to learn. Well, I got to get you out there. I got to see you. Maybe I'll see you Monday night at the uh, at the game. Hopefully I'll be there. But we got to get Bilal out here. Bilal hey, has we got the, the what you call it coming up, huh? Yeah, I can't make it, bro. You know, I took that oh. job. So mm. that's time for my weekends, man. And Damn. Monday, Monday night we have uh, what is it, Revis night? I, I'm pretty sure, right? I think mm, they're on. Revis coming out. I don't know. I gotta I think, see. I don't, I'm yeah, not sure. I see about that one. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. I think Monday night they're honoring Revis. I saw it or something like that. So, uh, like, I oh said, yes, maybe, yes, because we just we honored um Pleco, Pleco, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll see you. Well, I see you on. Yeah. You're gonna, you'll be there. All right. Perfect. Yep, I'll so be we'll, there. So, uh, and, and as long as we can convince Bilal, it's, I know it's last minute, let's get you there, but, uh, we really appreciate you doing this. This is fun. I, I said this at the top. I said this before we started, but two guys who really, as a Jets fan, we appreciate because the Jets fans appreciate guys who worked hard, put in the work, just put their head down, weren't about themselves or about the team. And, uh, so two of the fan favorites here and, uh, we appreciate you. All right. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Appreciate you, Q. Yes, sir. Thanks for all doing bro. this. All right, coming back. Thank you again to Quincy. That was really fun. Um, before we do a couple things. So I have an interview with Dr. David Chow. We asked him about the offensive line. Blah wasn't there. I was. There's a loaded episode. So we'll wrap up the episode in a minute. But first, here's just 15 minutes with Dr. David Chow about the offensive line, about Aaron Rodgers' progress. So we talked a lot about that. We'll talk about that right now. Joining us again on In-Flight Snack, a repeat guest. Not the guy I wanted to have as a repeat guest necessarily, but Dr. David Chow, thanks for taking the time. Uh, thanks for having me. But you know what? As I've said to many a GM over my NFL career, when they'd say, oh, you're coming to me with bad news and this, that, the other, I'd have to remind them, I'm more Paul Revere than the British. I'm just telling you the injuries are here. I'm not causing them. But before we get down that path, did we not talk about that it wasn't impossible that Aaron Rodgers could come back this season, but, you know, the Jets would have to make the playoffs without him? I mean, uh, we said that early on related to uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, even we're saying that midseason when he's on the sideline and throwing the ball, people are going to be in hysterics, you know. And we're getting closer, so that, that at least that's a good news side that I want to make sure I get some credit for because I think I get accused of being the uh, Grim Reaper all the time. You know what? I was going to save it to the end, but I do want to uh, talk about that. You, you mentioned this, so let's bring that up first. Let's start with some positives. A lot of doctors or, or people on YouTube and social media are going out there and saying, well, you know, Aaron's not really that far ahead. He's doing things a little bit different, but this is basically normal. He's just making a big deal out of it because he likes the attention. He's going on McAfee, blah, 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 blah. Where do you stand on that? Do you think this is defying any medical science that you've ever seen? Well, here's what I said from day one. Like from in game, we said this is an Achilles. 
And Aaron Rodgers knew it. That's why he stood up and then sat down and said, this is not going to work. And the first thing that happened was actually when I went on McAfee initially, the very first question was, is he going to be able to play ever again? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's 39 going to 40. Of course he's going to be able to play again. I guarantee you he's playing next year. He's so excited about the Jets. He doesn't want to go out this way in his career. And it's very recoverable. And I think the line that I used on McAfee is Aaron Rodgers, even if he's a quarter step slow at the age of 40, is faster than Tom Brady at 45. And I said to Pat, even faster than your guy, Peyton, in his prime and faster than my guy, Philip Rivers, when he was 23. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and we're not even talking about that anymore. Right. That was the first thing I said, no, 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 he will be able to come back. And I even threw out there that there was a snowball's chance that he could return this season. And I kind of got poo pooed on that. Right. And I said, just wait till mid season when he's throwing the ball or, or walking around, everyone's going to get all excited. And I cited that Cam Akers returned in five months. And they're like, yeah, but he was 24 or whatever it is. And I replied, yeah, but he plays running back. This is quarterback. Four months, not impossible. Now, with all that good news of saying it's great, the speed bridge, the revolutionary new technique, that's about 15 years old. I stopped doing it a decade ago. Is Aaron Rodgers working his ass off? Yeah, I believe so. Is he using blood flow restriction and other techniques? Yes. Is he doing very well? Yes. But you can't speed up biology, and the biology isn't there ready yet for him to move around and play the game of football. But now everyone's like starting to believe that he could play this year. But look, the Jets still have to win some games here. And if they have to win them with Zach Wilson or should I say their defense, right? <laughs> yeah. Or Thomas or Thomas Morstead, right? Exactly. I mean, you, got, you got some more games to win before we get there, but I think everyone would take it right now. No one thought you'd be at this record without Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I get it. You're pretty happy about it. So the door is ajar. It's not a guarantee he'll be able to play. And and so my, I'm somewhere in the middle, uh, never too high, never too low. I was always very optimistic that he could do some of this stuff. Is it promotional? Is this, that, the other? Look, athletes like to set a high bar and try and achieve it. That's what motivates them. I don't see what Aaron Rodgers is doing is wrong. Uh, he's being asked about the rehab and so forth. I, I would take a bigger objection to it's the speed bridge revolutionary that's doing it. It's more his work than anything else. But is he ahead of schedule? Is he behind schedule? He's on schedule for someone who is dedicated to rehab and getting the best care around. Is he ahead of schedule if it were you or I? Yes, probably. <laughs> right? I mean, we got day jobs and other things. His job is to just rehab. So somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So seven weeks dropping back like that and being able to land on that front foot and kind of push off of that back foot and be only like you think well, that's that's normal? Well, first of all, Kirk Cousins just tore his Achilles, and we talked about it in-game once again off of video. But Kirk Cousins is harder because it's his right back foot, the push-off yep. foot. If you really watch Aaron Rodgers throw the ball, he steps forward but very gingerly. He doesn't – it's easier because it's his left than if it were his right. Yes, and, he said that. And Aaron Rodgers is very much – 
a very strong arm, and he kind of has this whipping motion when he throws anyways. I think he could sit in a chair and throw the ball. And flick it, yeah. Right? I mean, that's what he yeah, that's does. Yeah, he throws, yep. Yeah, and so can he make all throws now? No, right? Can he scramble and move around the pocket? No. As a matter of fact, I am a tiny bit surprised that he's on the sidelines in the sense that what happens if there's a wash or disaster comes? Like, I know he knows how to be at an NFL sidelining game. And I know he's a little further back and stay out of trouble. But on some weird occasions, sometimes, who knows? Is, is it the gunner coming down and getting pushed out of bounds? Is it an interception or turnover and the wash comes unexpectedly, not from the regular areas? That would be a complete disaster if he had a setback because he was trying to hop out of the way uh, being on the sidelines. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but uh, that's the only thing that's a little bit surprising that, you know, I mean, sit up in the booth, sit up, you know, it's yeah. okay. But, you know, he's done it a couple of weeks now. And and he obviously, look, uh, if, if a old doctor can stand on the sideline and get not get run over, perhaps a 39 year old coming off of Achilles knows what he's doing and can do that too. Yeah. He said he still can't jog. He still can't run. He still can't afford to rush. Yeah. yeah, and spe- speaking of avoiding a rush, uh, the Jets are going to be having to avoid a lot of rushes because they have no more offensive linemen. So let's talk about that. First, let's uh, let's start with Joe Tetman because I think he was the one who was really coming on rookie. Um, there was no set timetable for him, but he wasn't put on IR. So what do you think is happening with Joe Tetman? Well, yeah, I mean, I still think he's in the recovery process, but you know, you guys came into last week's game with four out of, you could say, four out of five offensive line, sorry, three out of five offensive line positions affected. Now, the bigger issue, Connor McGovern and his backup. So you're down to center three, which then is even more shuffle along the line of scrimmage. And you're already down left tackle, right tackle, right and guard. And probably game. would have been the backup center anyway if he was healthy. Yeah, and, and he's not there yet. And so... I'm not sure what the Jets are going to do. They might need to do what the the Giants did and and find someone to come straight off the couch. I say that tongue-in-cheek, but what are you going to do there? Uh, Connor McGovern, we said it was Patella, and now it's been confirmed Patella dislocation, and I guess there's some word that maybe he can avoid surgery. Jets fans are not going to want to hear this. Not all Patella injuries are the same, but this is essentially the same injury as Mekhi Becton. Right. I mean, other knee, I believe, if I'm correct. It's his left knee, not his right. But patella dislocation like Mekhi Becton. And what happened to Mekhi Becton? I think I'll be fine. No surgery, no surgery. I'll do it with rehab. Didn't last very long this next season. Ended up with surgery. And now we're still dealing with residuals. So Connor McGovern, that's a big one for you guys and his, quote, backup. And I'm sure Jets fans aren't going to want to hear that it's similar to Makai Becton in terms of the type of injury that it is. What I will say maybe is different, and I don't know, I could be wrong about this. Makai came in wildly out of shape the next year and obviously wasn't committed to the rehab, apparently, um, the way McGovern might be. But that's that's the only thing I can say. Does that affect it? No, and, and, and I'm not saying that they're the same people or even the exact same injury. I'm saying they both were patella dislocations. And we wrote about at Sports Injury Central that it's a pretty tall order to have a young 
left tackle at the time with the inside right knee, the step out knee and the way you have to rotate to play through that. Now he got moved to the right side that year. You can say he came in out of shape. That has something to do with it, but he got hurt pretty quickly. And, um, you know, is that a factor? Sure. Are the injuries exactly the same? Probably not. I am not looking at MRIs, but is it the same general category? Unfortunately, yes. So let's talk about this for a second. They might be getting some reinforcements, right? Dwayne Brown is set to come off IR. Does that mean he's healthy based on what you saw from him in the first couple of weeks? He didn't look great as it is. What do you think they can expect realistically from Dwayne Brown? Well, um, he's long in the tooth more and more each week as he gets acclimated. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes you're forced into to doing things you don't want to do if there's nobody else there. And, you know, Dwayne Brown is probably well better than anyone they can get off the couch. You know, that Justin Pugh thing for the Giants was interesting. You don't find a lot of those. And, and, and even if you can do it for a week or two, I always say this, and I know that we're the Jets and not the Giants, but I don't think it's that easy to find someone straight off the couch. But even if you do find someone, I don't know what sports you play. You're a young man. I'm an old guy. Let's say I went out and played some pickup basketball after I haven't done it in a long time. I might be okay that first game or two, but the next day or two days later, the next week, I'm pretty darn sore, right? <laughs> yep. It doesn't. The game is not that easy to be off the couch and be able to do some of these things. So the Jets are going to have to be creative of what they do. It's a, it's a big, huge deal. Another bright side thing is Brees Hall is looking better and better, you know, and, you know, and we get to the midpoint of the season, he is looking better and better. He probably has exceeded my original expectations of him and good on him. He's a real good straight line runner in the beginning. Now he's starting to get a little bit of wiggle too. And uh, yeah, you see, I think the biggest difference that I see is that burst, like that second burst, you know, where he gets through the hole and he doesn't slow down at that point. He's able to turn on the turbo jets and, and take it to the house. Like we've seen him do. Yes. He's looking better and better. Look, yeah. I, I would, to be fair, the way he started the season is probably how I thought he might be closer to the middle of the season. And how he's doing now is more like I thought he would be towards the end of the season. So his timeline is faster than what I would have anticipated or thought. And, you know, I'm looking at stuff based on insider knowledge, NFL experience. I'm not looking at MRIs. I'm not examining guys. I don't mean to doubt guys. I'm just giving you perspective of what to expect. And look, if someone beats the expectations, I think Brees Hall has. He deserves credit. All right, two quick fantasy questions. These are selfish. Drake London and uh, Debo Samuel. Drake London is questionable after last week, and Debo's been out the last couple of weeks. Any update for us on that? Do you have any information? <laughs> well, if you're talking about for fantasy for the rest of the season, I might take Debo Samuel. If you're talking about this week, I think you'd have to take Drake London. So I don't know what you're, you're, uh, you're trying for here, but... Uh, uh, I always say I'm an injury expert, not a fantasy expert. Of course, that depends on who else you have on the roster, when are the bye weeks, what are you trying to do? One of my guys in my uh, sports injury central office said, can you help me with this trade? I said, what do you, I go, why would you do that? He goes, look, he always told me, he goes, I've had a bad fantasy year and my friends, I'm just trying to avoid last place. I just <laughs> need, someone. I'm not trying to win the league. I just need to win the next couple of weeks because the penalty for last place is apparently big, you know, like some leagues. And he's just trying to 
not finish and last. Uh, well, that's a different perspective, you know. So you in a you can't ever judge fantasy in isolation, right? Even what you're saying there. But like Drake London or Debo Samuel, let's say they're both playing. Well, it depends who's their quarterback, who's throwing them the ball, what's the offensive line look like. Right now, the 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 49ers offensive line is a little bit of a hot mess, you know, with Trent Williams still out and their guard now may be injured. And what does the secondary or the pass rush of the team they're playing look like? So, you know, that's to, to get a full analysis, and that's what we try and do at Sports Injury Central. We try and give you the field view so that you can look quickly at the offensive line for Drake London and for Brock Purdy, but also the front, the the edge rushers, and perhaps the 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 secondary for the team that you're playing against to try and make your fantasy decisions, not just with the player primarily, but secondarily. Yeah, well, my fantasy season has been a disaster. Justin Jefferson, uh, like I said, Debo Samuel and James Conner. So, yeah, not going great for me. All uh, pretty big injuries to all of them. But I appreciate your time, Doc. Tell us where we can find your work. Uh, Sports Injury Central, SICscore.com, at ProFootballDoc, Twitter, but on the Believe Network for the Sports Injury Central weekly podcast. Well, let's hope to get some more good news. We'll have you back when Rogers comes back Christmas Eve. We'll have you back to say so you, that you can tell everyone that you said it first, that it's definitely not career ending <laughs> and maybe even coming back this season. Christmas Eve against Washington. That's the, the calendar date that we're circling. He's going to be back behind a shaky offensive line as always, and we'll see what happens. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. All right. See ya. All right. Thank you again, Dr. David Chow, for giving us the time. Blah, loaded episode, but we're doing this again. We didn't even do a game preview yet. We're going to do that Monday, all right? Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah, Monday coming up. We will talk because the Jets don't play till Monday night. So if you're listening to this on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you have all the time in the world to listen to this episode with that awesome conversation with Quincy. Again, the update on Aaron Rodgers with Dr. Chow and a whole bunch of other stuff that we talked about at the open of this episode. Long loaded episode, but uh, I appreciate you guys for listening as always. Like and subscribe and share the love with the podcast. But we're growing up, we're growing podcasts here, and uh, hopefully, we'll only get to uh, more and greater things. So, uh, until next time, I'll see you Monday, Bilal. All right. All right. I'll see you, man. See ya. Let's go to eat a damn snack. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.